everybody. Welcome to the sixth episode of the Cassandra Properties podcast. We are ex- unbelievably thrilled to have really um, a guest on today that has, in a very, very, very short time, had a major, major, major impact on our company. He is the one, the only, J-Man of J-Man Seminars. He is a keynote speaker throughout the world. He's really an unbelievably dynamic, wonderful person. Let's say hello, everyone, to J-Man. How are we doing today, J-Man? Oh, good morning, good morning, good morning. Thank you. After that intro, I feel the pressure to really, you know, put on a show for you guys. But I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, absolutely our pleasure. And we are joined today once again by Rebecca and Petey in the corner on the ones and twos as always. So J-Man doesn't feel pressure. J-Man is the guy that... Um, so I have to ask, you, you're, you have this unbelievably like intoxicating, really you do, personality that is, you did in, in a really short time for my company what uh, I wasn't able to do, quite frankly, in a year and a half. And that was get the folks right away to engage. Um, you took one of my agents in particular, Mario Minnelli, and uh, he, camera shy, had a issue as we all did, right? We all were just really, we, we were super comfortable in our craft, but not comfortable in this new critical part of what the real estate world has become. Uh, I think Mario now has like over 3,000 hours of uh, video time watched. He's, yeah, like he's rocking it out. Um, so let's take it back to the like day one. J-Man, like, were, were, are you the kid that you, you saw the videos, like, with movie stars where they were performing as a child and they were always had this, seriously, were you, did you always have this intoxicating personality or let's go right back to the beginning? Sure, let's start in the beginning. So my very first public speaking experience, and I always talk about this, was when I was eight years old. My elementary school had a, a circus, if you will, not like we had elephants and stuff like that, but we had, you know, the kids were jugglers and gymnasts and that kind of stuff. And I was the ring announcer. So eight years old, I was like, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Kirk Road Circus. Okay, you had the, had the bow tie, the tuxedo, everything. And I was like, this is it. This is, you know, just, you know, being there and bringing joy to people. Like it's not being the center of attention because it was what kind of effect can, what I can do have on other people in a positive way. And so from then on, I was either getting in trouble because I was, talking too much or being the center of attention or, you know, having too much energy. There's nothing, not much I can do about that. Uh, or I was, you know, getting involved with things. I was in chorus, if you could believe that until it wasn't cool to be in chorus, but I could still sing a little bit and spit some bars. It's, it's always been my thing, I guess. Yeah. In a way. So did, I mean, you didn't recognize at eight years old though, that you were connecting with people in this way, did you, or did you? No, I don't, I think. I always knew I wanted to do something with people and, you know, and like I said, to be totally transparent, I would get in trouble in school because I was the kid that was always talking, but I'd get a hundred on my tests, right? But I was always talking. I'm in the corner like this fidgeting and like teacher would be like, Jeremy, sit down. I'm like, I can't. We'll do your homework. I already did it. Do the test. I got a hundred. Go to the principal's office. Fine. And I would, you know, go to the principals. I'd go to the cafeteria and hang out with my friends. But I, you know, I, I always thought that's what made me happy. Like that in my, in my personality type, it's like being with people. My, I get my energy from the people. And so it's, you know, funny. My father didn't recognize that. And he's, you know, older boomer. And he said, look, you got to pick up a trade. He realized that like, 
I don't love school. So like the, the real, you know, it wasn't realistic for me to say I was going to go to a four-year college. So I actually had a certificate in tooling and machining. Uh, I can program a lathe, a mill, lasers, all kinds of stuff. And I did that for like a year. I'm like, this is awful. I could never what, do this. When was this? This was, uh, right. you know, we actually, I was ahead of my credits for school. So I took college credits when I was a senior in like a, we call it a, a BOCES, like Womoko kind of, kind of a thing where it's a trade school. And so it was just, just after high school. I did that. And I thought, this is awful. And I switched my major to business administration because I thought, look, at, I can't work for anybody because I just can't. I just can't. I would work for people and they'd be like, I'd be like this guy's an idiot. I can't do this. I feel like I, I'm always thinking of there's got to be a better way. I think that's one of the, the, the key things to my personality. It's not like I, I thought everybody was idiot. It's just there has to be a better way. And if somebody in management wasn't willing to listen to me, I'm like, I feel like I can't work here because – you're stifling my growth or the growth of the company, right? And so uh, it's always been that way for me, kind of like <clears throat> not trying to do what everything everybody else is doing and trying to find a better way. Yeah, so uh, I, I shared some of those some of those traits, but I was always, uh, I felt the same way. I was uh, I talked about this, I think, in one of the other podcasts. I, I wrote a paper as, as a little, little kid called The Squeaky Door, and it, it would drive me crazy when I would open the door, it would squeak, and I would ask, why, why does this door squeak? Because doors squeak. No. Why does the door squeak, right? Screwdrivers out as a kid, breaking, pulling apart. Like, you just had to understand why, what was it that made this thing squeak? And how do we fix this? <laughs> fix this? I can't handle opening up and that just accepting for the rest of my life. I'm doomed to hear the squeak every time I open a door. Yeah, so that's very interesting. But I was a complete introvert. I, um, I was like trapped. Uh, I was always shy and always embarrassed to uh, speak. Public speaking for me was awful, awful, awful experience. I could not do it. If you would have told me even 10 years ago that I would be here doing podcasts with personalities like yours, I would have said there's absolutely no chance. But this is part of here, the... You're doing it. Yeah, we're here. We're doing it. And this is part of, of, you know, the. it's not even evolution. It's the revolution now that's sweeping through real estate. So uh, were you ever in a little bit more in your history, and then we'll jump into kind of what's happening in the world today. Yeah. Um, were you ever in a, a band, or, or did you do theater, or was there any of those outlets for you? Or No, so I, like many kids, I want to say sixth, seventh, you know, it was like Metallica was big. You remember back in those, the big hair days, if you will, and I was like, I want to be a rock star. And I remember one Christmas, I was probably 10 or 11, I was like, I want an electric guitar because that, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a rock star. And my mom got me a folk guitar, okay? Not the same. I was crushed. I still have that guitar today, but I was like, Mom, what am I going to do with this? What <laughs> am I going to do? This, I'm not playing folk music. I'm a, I'm a rock star. I try to learn this. Like, this isn't the same. This is not what Metallica uses. This is weird. And so, uh, you know, I was at that time I was in chorus. I did, I did play saxophone, uh, in the band, but again, it's like that transition for me from middle to high school, there were some things that I left behind because of outside influences, right? People go, Oh, that's not cool. Oh, you're in band. Oh, you're in chorus. Uh, you know, not anymore. No, no, that's not cool. I don't do that anymore. And you know, so I was always wanted to be a part of stuff like that. And then I got into sports, you know, I was, I was, uh, you know, captain of the football team, 
wrestling team. Those were my two sports, football and wrestling. I played soccer for a little bit, but then they told me to go play football because it was a little bit too too rough on the field, a little <laughs> bit too aggressive. Very interesting. So back then I talked about, uh, you know, how do we give this guy an introduction, you know, uh, right? I mean, yeah. it's it's so hard to describe who you are and what you do because it, it's so different than – um, anything we've ever experienced before. So we said, let's just get on and, and ask J-Man, in his words, can you describe for the audience uh, everything that you do? And, and then we'll get into how and why and all of the, the good stuff behind it. Yeah, so everything that I do, man, that's a... It's a lot. Uh, that, that It is a lot. And so I could say I started in real estate in 2005 uh, before the the first bust, if you will, right, 2008. And when I first started, it was like, I owned my own business prior to real estate. I got into real estate because I had a bad experience with a real estate agent who was successful. And I thought, man, if this freaking guy, you know, can be successful, I'm gonna crush this business. And, you know, I, I, I came from like an outside sales background. I was used to knocking on doors. I wasn't afraid of hearing no. And so that was the start, you know, in real estate. Uh, when I when I switched companies in 2008, which again, probably not the best time to switch companies, you know, I had to become really good again. Back to my roots, door knocking. At the time, I had to go, you know, expireds. I was doing short sales, doing anything that I could to put, you know, food on the table. And that's when I kind of got into speaking because people would be like, "Hey, you're doing this video thing, or you're doing, you know, I see you doing social media. Can you help me with this?" Or, "Hey, I see you're doing." Authenticine or you know electronic signatures. Can you help me with this? And I'd be like, I could, but you know, sh I got to charge you or you know, I, I, it's something worth both of our time because you're taking away from my real estate business. And they were like, whatever you want, I will give you. And I thought I might be onto something. And in the beginning, that's why it started. But when I saw the effect that it has on the people that I work with, like I do things for effect. Like, I, I don't want to get involved with something and then have, you know, and then nothing happens. I think that was one of our original conversations, James, was like, what can we really do to, to affect change within the company? Because then I can leave there and know that I, I made a difference. Because I think for all of us, if anything you're doing in the end, you want to know that you made a difference, right? And so it's, uh, you know, like coming back on and hearing about Mario, man, like, that brings all the warm and fuzzies to my heart that I know that like the time I spent with you guys was worth it. And so like, that's in a nutshell what I do in real estate, in speaking, you know, the speaking did evolve from local to regional to national to international. And I don't like to, you know, I'm not a guy that likes to brag about stuff like that. And I just say it to kind of impress upon you that it was a long time. Like I was grinding for a long time. When I first started speaking, I would travel all over the state for 150 bucks just because I knew that if I had the opportunity to speak with people, they they would see that I am there. You know, my passion should ring true in everything that I do, and then eventually that goes up. You know, so if, so if you're watching or listening to this, it's like nothing happens overnight. Every person you see that's a success is like. You don't see when I had to go down to the bodega at the corner and get whatever mystery meat I could buy with the money I had left after paying all my bills, right? And so it's like that, if I had to put it in a nutshell, it's like I'm somebody who is goal-oriented, 
I'm only really happy upon completion, right? You know, it's, 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 I'm a get it done personality. So it's like, okay, here's a goal. Here's what we're going to do. And then we're going to crush it. And then once we get there, what's our next level? Because I'm not going to be satisfied with just doing it. Like, okay, I did it. Oh, I'm going to relax now. You know, it's like I've been doing video for a long time and I keep trying to elevate the video game or, you know, what could I do differently in speaking? And, you know, when this pandemic hit, look at, I was booked 70 plus engagements for 2020. I started out and typically the speaking season doesn't start until March, April. I was booked from January on and it was like, this is going to be a record year. Fantastic. It's like, you know, like, was it Mike Tyson said, everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face, right? Right. <laughs> and it's like, yo, but, you know, COVID came, punched me in the face. And I'm like, okay, all right. I'm not getting knocked down. I got to, you know, think about what can I do? How can I transform uh, all of my businesses, you know, real estate and speaking in a different way while everybody's moping and like putting their head in the sand, you know, and I think you were the same way, James. You're like, hey, as soon as it hit, I think was when we first talked, you were like, we got to do something. We got to double down, triple down because now's the time because there's some people who put their head in the sand and go, woe is me. Oh my gosh. You know? And then there's those of us like, okay, good. You cry about it. I'm going to do something about it. And, and that's kind of always been my, my mentality is like adapt, overcome, achieve, and then, you know, keep on going. What's next. Yeah. So for the benefit of the audience, <clears throat> when you hear, you know, like keynote speaker, at least I have a vision of something entirely different than what J-Man is. So, um, you know, when you think of kind of a keynote speaker up there, Becca, you think of yeah. someone that's kind of talking at you a little bit, uh, you know, that you're going to sit through and listen to. And if you could pick up a sentence or two of value, okay, and it's part of a bigger, you know, program, uh, you know, a yeah. weekend event or a week-long event. And um, it's not it's not at all. I mean, how do you describe what he's done for us in such a short period? I'm trying to get the audience to get, like, yeah. you're not someone who's going to come in and and speak, you know, about you, you come in and you in fully immerse yourself, you engage, you got to know the individual uh, quirks of the people on my team, yeah. right? You started to leverage in a really short period of time things that they were interested in. And you got people in front of microphones, uh, you had to set up a contest, which was great. We gave away a bunch of equipment uh, for people who made the most videos and it has stuck with some of the team, not all of the team, but that's to be expected. Yeah. Um, but it really stuck, right? I mean, yeah, I would say the greatest thing about you coming in, like you, your energy is infectious, and that's what we needed during this downtime that we all had. And that I think was the greatest thing is that you did come in and you, you brought this energy with you. And you know, I think when we told everybody what we were doing again and i said it before and just as james said you know okay somebody's gonna come and speak whenever zooms can be a little boring at times but it was not that way our agents received it so well i think one of the greatest things that you did that was really fun was you set up a facebook group and we all kind of were practicing um with videos and everything i know you and i kind of went on a, a little uh morning hair competition that we <laughs> we had there um but that was that was awesome because that was something like i don't like to really be in front of the camera i prefer to be behind it um but you really kind of like you made it fun and exciting and yeah it was just great it was it was a really great experience and we saw people agents who never um come out and really speak at all they were they were doing videos and they were out telling us about the neighborhoods and it was just a really 
it was a really neat experience. And I personally really just enjoyed watching our agents kind of come alive, especially during a time where everyone was kind of uh, feeling a little down. And it was really exciting. It was exciting to watch. So what we did is we tied in an e-pro course for the team. Yep. So we wanted to make sure that we were able to keep the team engaged throughout this period, but also take them through something that would be tangible, that they can quantify for right. their clients, where at the end of this, they could emerge and say, hey, not only have we been producing the video content and working on all the different things that we work on uh, for you, uh, Mr. or Mrs. Seller or Mr. or Mrs. Buyer from home, we also went and got certified through this ePro course, and we now have all of our agents. Um, I learned a ton from it. Pete learned a ton from it. Yeah. Uh, and you you brought that course to life. So um, absolutely, I think that's the, the, the shortest roundup that we can kind of uh, provide. So it's not like J-Man will come and just speak to your team. J-Man comes and becomes part of your team. He, it, it was almost, like almost overnight, he was like, part of the team like you heard his name yeah. throughout the office like oh i sent this over to j-man oh yeah. you know i'm in the group oh did you s it just it it was a, a really remarkable change for us in a time when the team really needed it everybody was kind of down Absolutely. new york was hit so hard um with this thing um so if you have an opportunity to engage with j-man and we 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 found you through uh john vernaza uh, our office manager here um, saw you speaking at a state event and he was like, we've got to get this guy. He's the best. You know, I was yeah. like, all right, let's, you know, let's see what he's all about. And then we checked out a couple of videos. I was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we got to get this guy. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we like to provide, um, some value to the audience every time that, that we pull these things together. So you are, um, you're out in the world. You're, you're starting to find that people are, digging what you're doing and you're seeing, hey, there may be an opportunity for fee for service. Uh, there may be a business model here that's emerging out of the real estate. So you didn't go into this thing like, I'm going to transform real estate with how I do things. You just knew that you were a disruptor. You got into the game and you started to see there was an opportunity here. Yeah. And, you know, kind of to speak to being who you are, being authentic, because I think that's one of the, the, the key motivators for me as a, you know, growing up, even when I first got into real estate, I started when I was 25 years old. So I had a lot of older agents seasoned, I'm using air quotes, agents saying, listen, kid, that's not how we do it. And I listened in the beginning, I was like, okay, I wore a shirt and tie. And then I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be who I want to be. And if that doesn't work out, then pff, whatever, I can always do something else. And then that was the feedback that I got. Energy is great. He's really, you know, true to who he is, you know, because for years, look at our teachers say, sit down, stop being so, yeah. you know, stop having so much energy. So it's like ingrained in your head, like, don't be that person. Well, that's who I am. And I think, you know, that's, that that's really for me, like what made the difference is like, I too often, whether it's speaking, whether it's real estate, we, we see somebody and we go, man, that's a great agent. Right. And we go, that's a great speaker. And then we try to emulate them and they're great because they're themselves. Right. Right. And so like yeah. I can be the greatest me I can be. And like I've, I've always gravitated to technology. It's not, you know, I was an early adapter. It's like, this is cool. I'm not like, a, you know, I'm not like, like 
Peter's really good with computers and can tell you the gigahertz and the processing power. Like, I don't know that stuff. I just know how to hop onto a program and kind of play with it and figure it out, kind of reverse engineer and then explain that to people. I think that was, you know, and then help them overcome their fear of it because that's, I think this again, the first time we spoke, it was like, hey, what's the biggest problem here? It's that people are afraid of it. So how, could, how do we yeah. get them to overcome that fear? Because on the other side of that, that's where true growth happens. Yeah. So uh, coming back to, to value, what I want to do is as we go through this, I want to have, um, if, if you would be so kind as to, as we go through our experiences, drop some yeah. tidbits of uh, helpful pointers for folks that are looking to make the transition now and get more on the digital side of things, uh, just so they can hear from your perspective, how, how, how you engage in, in this. Again, it's, it is an amazing way, folks, until you've, you've sat down and you've had the the privilege, honestly, to, to work with J-Man, you can't fully understand how he gets his message across. So let's talk about a couple of, of, of kind of key points. One of the big things that you pointed out for me was like, hey, man, what are your interests? So I was like, I, I, I like to fly fish. I like this, I like that. And you were like, post post those videos. In fact, you gave an assignment for everyone. Like, I want everybody to do, I think it was three, what was it, Becca? Three videos that were non-real estate related, yeah. right? So uh, that's hard for me because I work a lot, you know, and I love my work. I'm very passionate about my work, but there are things that I really enjoy outside yeah. of the office and fly fishing was one of them. So um, I think it was a, a, I visited Clove Lake Park. Yep. It was one of my favorite places to be. And, and I was fishing up on the Delaware. Yeah. So I, I was like so hesitant to put that out there because it, for me, it's always been, you know, tips, market predictions. I know what's going to happen, folks. Please listen. Here it is. And then like, hey, we nailed this one. Here's what's going to happen next. And it's just go, 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 go. I got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Yeah, it was like your best, your best video it on was, Instagram, right? Yeah, yeah, right? My most peeps in the, in the corner uh, whispering out of the bars. Um, you know, it was the most engaged video of anything. I, now, like, this is hard for me to grasp even still. I'm, I'm smiling here, J-Man, because, like, I have nailed some really cool predictions about market and where things were going to yeah. go and given some unbelievable value of, right. hey, get in this segment now because this is what's going to happen and why, and this is going to be the time to, you know, untether from that. But my fish, my, ra my rainbow <laughs> trout... <laughs> was my most engaged video. So talk to talk to the audience about that side of it. Like if, if someone is, is, they want to get their, their digital world spinning, you know, what yeah. percentage of it should be personal? That's a question we get a lot. What percentage yeah. should be personal? What percentage should be work? And, and if you wouldn't mind, speak to why you think that video was the most engaged and not the, hey, get an M property two years ago, right. you know, and it's tripled in value now. No, the the releasing of this beautiful rainbow trout connected for some reason. Yeah. So could you run that down for us, please? Sure. Let, let's start with connecting. You know, and it's one of the, the sayings that I, I probably say it almost on a daily basis that people don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. And it's like, okay, you're an expert. You have all these great predictions, but if I don't connect with you on a human level, then all of the expertise goes out the window. Like, that's secondary. Okay, there's a lot of experts I can choose from. Maybe there's a few in your market. Maybe you're the only one. But, you know, 
can I connect with that person? And even when I saw the video where you're talking about with your son by the, by the, the pond or the lake, man, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, I'm a father, two boys. I'm like, that's it. I would use this guy because of that. Secondarily, oh, you're also good at it. Do you get what I'm saying? Like the yeah. first thing was like, you're a dad that loves his, his kids. Boom, so am I, let's do business. And I think when you like people on a human level, then you, get, you can get into, are they qualified? Will they provide great services? But the, the number one thing is, do I like you? Do I know you? And can I trust you? And like immediately when I can see in somebody's eyes and I follow Becca too on social media, I know she has kids and like, it helps me to like her better. If I just thought of Becca the professional giving me real estate tips, there's, there's two sides to everybody, right? There's the, the business and the personal. I think that has to be the biggest mindset, mindset shift for people because it is a generational difference, right? My dad, my dad was born in 1946. He's towards the cusp of boomer and, and uh, the silent generation. And for him, it was like, you have your business life from nine to five, and then you come home and you have your personal life. The two of those never meet. And, and I think, you know, that's, that's, if you're in a, somebody who's been in the business for a while, that's how you were brought up. And so that's why it's so hard yeah, and, and, you know, and I, James, I think that was one of the, you were like, I can't believe it. I give all these tips. And then this, the rainbow trout, <laughs> so I'm like, Hey, you know, it's like, you got to connect with people and in a digital world, you know, what they buy more than anything, whatever your product or service is, whoever's listening or watching this, it's like, they buy you first. It's your personality. That's why video is so powerful. I could type you an email and have a lot of energy typing that email. You still read it the same way, right? Oh my gosh, I'm typing away. I got a lot of energy. I got an ADHD extrovert here. That email is read the same way. But if I send you a video and I say, you know what? Hey, congratulations on, hey, you know, I, I saw that you guys are getting married. Hey, just showing people that you care. You know, I would say if I had to give you the other question about percentages, it's like it might be 70-30 for me or even right. higher set 70 personal 30 real estate really because look at they're going to know that I'm in real estate because of my branding if you will like uh an example yesterday I did a video on the market now let me say last week uh last week if you've heard of Eastman Kodak you remember you guys used to all buy the film for your cameras right that's Rochester New York and it was one of the biggest when you talk about who moved my cheese they were like, film's gonna be around forever. The guy who invented the digital camera worked at freaking Kodak, okay? And they still didn't do anything with it. So they went from 65,000 employees to 6,500. And you know, not overnight, but in a matter of years. So they, they were the number, one of the number one employers. Now last week, huge announcement, huge announcement. They're getting over three quarters of a billion dollar loan from the government to create Kodak Pharmaceuticals to create, you know, try to create the majority of generic drugs in the United States Yep. because of the infrastructure they have in place. I mean, I don't want to get too much into it, but that was a, a huge story for our market. I could have just been like the other 50 agents I know that just shared a link, right? Yep. Shared the link. Big news, Rochester. Share the link. <laughs> I thought, damn, that is so boring. And I'm like, what can I do that's better? And so I went into, onto my computer. I created like this, I got this news 
background. I was like, breaking news, Rochester, New York, three quarters of a billion dollar announcement, right? I go live and then I actually then also cut in uh, Peter's something or other from the White House. You know, there was a video that I grabbed offline and I, I put it in the video to say, hey, we're cutting to the White House now. And I, and I did that announcement in a fun way, showing my personality, but also huge value. Like here's, yeah. this is a huge announcement for our market. And so I think doing things, cause that's more personal because when I talk about it, instead of posting a link, like you could see, like I'm passionate about the rock, everything I talk about, you know, that's our, our, luckily our airport code is ROC. So I can say, you know, welcome to the rock. The rock is in the building. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's. It it, it it you can see my personality and how much I love where I live. And so I think like that passion and, and that fun and people are like, man, you know what? In a recent study, a hundred percent of the people would rather work with a fun re realtor over a boring one. Right. I mean, I conducted the survey. I was the only one who was asked, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's pretty accurate. You know, like if you had to choose everything else being the same, this guy's an expert, that guy's an expert. This guy's fun and engaging this guy is not yeah who am i going to work with right it's such a stressful transaction anybody could re really make it memorable make light of stressful situations like there's times look at my clients i'm negotiating this is the biggest investment this is a, the home of their dreams i don't yep. take that lightly you know i i go in swinging for the fences for them and they know that but they also know like i prepare them in the beginning to say hey we're in a tough really challenging buyer's market you're probably going to write a dozen offers. Okay. And then I, and then I'll make a joke. Hey, remember that guy that you used to love and then you broke up and you thought you'd never love again until you met the next guy. And then you forgot about the other one. That's the way real estate is. Right. Right. I mean, they're heartbroken. Yeah. I'll never love again. And yeah. it's like, and then they may, Oh my gosh, I can't even, I can't even believe I was almost going to buy that house. This house is the one for me. Yeah. And so it's like all of that come, you know, it ties into real estate. But like, if you like on my stories, all my story stuff is mostly personal stuff that happens throughout my day. Um, and there is some real estate in there. I might say, Hey, you know, I'm at a house showing if I'm waiting for a client and they're late, but I don't think we should. I always try to think of who your client is and how would they feel watching what the content that I'm putting out or yep. reading the content that I'm putting out. And if they go, you know, if I was reading, I would say, who cares, right? Oh, I just got an award. I am the, I am in the top 100 in the Northeastern United States for Latino real estate agents. Who cares? Who right. cares? You know, like what is, does that make it so I can sell your house better? Or does that make it so that I can win in a multiple offers situation? Probably not, you know? So it's like, what can I do for the client? And I think that's, you know, during the pandemic, that was always, what kind of content can I create? And it's like, be the light in the darkness. Cause there was so much darkness, so much negativity, so much, you know, I had a friend of mine who kept posting every day, the death rates. And I'm like, what are you doing, bro? I'm unfollowing you. Like yep. you're like the grim reaper. I, why would I want to read that every day? Well, that that's, that's the unfortunate side of social, um, is it's, it's come with cancel culture and a, a whole unbelievable, like, tidal wave of negativity that that comes of um you know it, it's I, I i try and tell people uh that i'm working with that are trying to get out and get into the 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 
their community in a more public way, if you will. Be you, do you. Um, the, the analogy we use all the time is, uh, you know, we can go and hand out $100 bills on the corner of Richmond Avenue and Victory Boulevard, and you will get half the people to say, thank you so much, this really made a difference, we're going to be able to, you know, do whatever it is that they, they, they needed the $100 for, and then the other half of the people are going to say, I can't believe you're only there Monday through Friday. This is, um, you know, this is so unfair. How come you're What's not the there catch? at night? The Why aren't you there on the weekend, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, that's just part of it. And it, it's, yeah. that is what has really, though, become uh, one of the major factors that's very intimidating and part of the reason people are so reticent to get out and do this kind of stuff and to communicate. Um, but it's so critical to, to do that and just kind of rise above that seek the light, stay away from the negativity, um, because once you're in it, it's very hard to get out of it. So 70 30 is, is the, is as far as you push the envelope. So, um, let, let's ask for the folks, are there any no, no's? Are there any absolute do not posts? Yeah. yeah. So what do they look yeah. like? I mean, I shouldn't have to, but politics and religion folks. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and even like when you're talking about pandemic and masks and no masks and like, Wear your mask, like wear it and keep that to yourself. You, if you go on there and go, I believe that this is America and you can't tell me whether or not to wear my mask. And it's like, okay, um, I was going to call you to sell that house, but mm, not anymore, right? Yeah. You're automatically going to polarize yourself if, if it's something like that. And that's why I say like, I try to zig when others are zagging. And if, you're, if, if your sphere is surrounding you with negativity, then you need to find a new sphere. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's like if I go on social media, anybody, you know, I, I constantly approach my limit, but I work my way back down of friends because it's like, oh, thank you so much. Unfriend. Thank you. Unfriend. Unfriend. Do me the favor. You know, I even put a post out one day like, hey, if you plan to talk about politics, religion, anything controversial or ask me to join one of your network marketing things, let me know now so I can unfriend you in advance. You know, yeah. <laughs> like and it was it was kind of funny, but it's it's the real deal. Like, I don't, we are who we surround ourselves with and that's, it's called social media. So surround yourselves with people that make you better. But then also when you're putting out content, it's called self-esteem. So don't tie your esteem with what other people say. Like there's sometimes like I put out a video and I'm like, man, that was a good video. I feel good about that video. And then it's like crickets. Like, like, like nobody likes it. Nobody likes me. Oh my gosh. Oh and it's just like, no, it's okay. Because if one person watched it, especially in real estate, if one person watched it and one person decided to buy a home and I changed that one person's life, that video was worth it. Absolutely. Right. And so like, don't focus on the numbers and the likes. There's going to be big problems. You heard this prediction here first, folks. There's going to be big problems with our children as they grow up tying their self-esteem. There are problems now tying their self-esteem with the reactions they get from their online community. Right? Oh, I posted this TikTok, Dad, and nobody likes it. Who cares, man? We had fun making it. That's yeah. the, like, that moment, that's, that's why we did it. That quality of life that we had that making, you know, took... 23 takes to make a 15 second video like (laughs) that's fun that's you know those moments so i think it's really important what you just touched on there and and then i'm going to jump back into value but it it is 
because I think that's really going to be a very serious concern. It's not even a concern. I think it's going to be a very serious issue as we move forward in this next generation is coming up. Uh, my son, he's 12 years old. He has a podcast. He saw dad doing a podcast studio, grabbed a bunch of the extra tiles, and he put it up in his room. He got a couple of his friends together, and they've got, you know, it's called the, it was the James and Massimo show. Right now it's yeah. the Legends podcast because they added oh, people to great. the group. But I get that a lot. Like, you know, hey, Dad, how come I only have this? And, Dad, I only have 50 subs. And, Dad, I only got a... Dude, are you having fun? Are you rocking it out? You know, they, right. they did this because during Corona they really felt disconnected much oh, more yeah. than I gave credit to. You know, I was thinking when, when the schools closed at first, I was like, schools closed. Like, if I was a kid, I'd be like, oh, my God, that's awesome, yeah. no school. But that's not the, the deal. Like, it's social aspect. It's social aspect is really impacting these kids. So they said, hey, let's, let's get this podcast going with all the technology that we have today at our fingertips. It was their way of connecting a couple of times a week in a meaningful way. Uh, but it's so important that we remind our kids and our family and our cousins and our everybody else, it's not about, don't, do not find your self-worth through comments, likes, or subscribes. If you feel good doing it and you're connecting with one person, and even if that one person is yourself, that's enough, right. man, right? right? Just don't get tied that's into that. the other side of that because... There's always, remember the, the, the story about the $100 bill. There's always going to be people that are going to rain down hate. And that is not a reflection of you. It's a reflection of them. So for the younger people that may be listening, please do not, do not fall into that, uh, that trap there because it's tough. It's hard to stay out of those comments, and it's hard not to engage, and it's hard not to think about it, right? Yeah, it's... Um you know, have you ever heard the story of the Buddhist monk who goes to the town and this guy comes up to him and he's super angry and he's like, what are you doing here? I don't care about you. And he says, you know, let me ask you a question. If somebody brings you a gift, do you have to accept it? The guy's like, no, no, I don't. And he's like, well, I refuse to accept your gift of anger that you're bringing to me right now. Right. Yeah. And it's like you don't always they're, they're coming with it because they're carrying it. Right. It's, it's like you said, it's, it's a them problem. Misery loves company and like there's even my older brother sometimes will be hating on me and be like he's my older brother by five and a half years So he tormented me through my childhood, <laughs> but he'll be like, oh, you want to do a live video? And I'll be like, yeah, let's do it. You know, and he's <laughs> he's like, no, no, never mind and I, I, know, <laughs> I know that if he's saying it, I'm winning, right? right. I'm winning that it, it bothers him if he's mentioning it. I'm like all day. Let's go. Let's go live right now You know, and it's like man try to mess with me Rise above it, baby. Rise above That's it. Right. All right, so let's get back to to delivering some value for people. So we're talking about the the ratios. J-Man goes up to 70%. I'm probably 10% woefully inadequate, and, and I really have to work hard yeah. at that because it's, very, it's a very uncomfortable thing for me to um, – I'm not really so comfortable outside of work. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I have That's to get fair. more comfortable with sharing the other side there. Um, we talked about what you should not be sharing online. So uh, what do you think are the most for real estate in particular? What are the most critical must have platforms? If, if, what would you if you were giving someone a suggestion? Hey, you're, you're launching your career. You have to be producing content on Facebook and Instagram, Facebook and Insta. 
And I, I would add TikTok in there if it gets banned. Who, who knows if that's really going to happen? But that being, you know, I, I do a lot of stuff in TikTok because the video editing that you can do in there is not like any other platform. And then I'll export it out. And, and put that on my Instagram and my Facebook. And I get a lot more engagement that way because nobody really knows how the, the algorithm works. And it's so strange. It's really, it's yeah. very strange. But Facebook and Instagram, because your, your sphere, typically, almost everybody you've known growing up or went to school with, they're, pro they're probably on Facebook, right? I mean, there's 2.2 billion or something like that people on Facebook. There's 4 billion people on the, on the internet as a whole, like, you need to be on there. And then Instagram, I feel, is the best way to tell your story. Um, you know, I try to post to my story five to ten times a day. And then I post to my feed and on, on Instagram like three times a week. So that was the next question is how much content should you reasonably set a goal to pump out? Every, every, is it every day? Is it five days a week? Is it six days? Is it three? How many days a week and how much content legitimately should you be pumping out? If you want to start building your brand in your market, establishing yourself as a leader, establishing yourself as a part of the community and establishing yourself as, Hey, if you're interested in real estate, you know, I'm the, I'm the guy or girl that you should give, give a consideration to. So, you know, it depends on the platform. I, I'm not one that believes that you should be syndicating across platforms. Like some people say, it's really great. Go on, you know, use this app and you can post one time and it goes to LinkedIn and it goes to Facebook and it goes to Instagram and it goes to Twitter. Yep. No, man. It's like each one of those has a different audience and your message needs to be different. Um, I, I chose Instagram stories over Facebook stories. I don't do both because I feel like you're going to tune into Instagram because that's the only place I post my stories. Makes sense, right? It's like, why do you choose Netflix? Because Netflix has original content that nobody else does. Yep. Same, same thing. Like, um, you know, I find it's, you know, the story side of it is really like a candid behind the scenes look. Like before we finish, I'm going to go like this with my phone. You may not see it or you may, you know, I'm going to go and record our, our broadcast now and say doing a podcast with you guys, right? Because that's like a behind the scenes look of what I'm doing during my day. And that's how people connect with you, like seeing the, the, the behind the scenes stuff. And then I, I, and I post to my feed uh, on the Facebook side. It's moments. I try to share moments in my life, whether it's personal, whether it's real estate related, it's mostly personal. You know, we go camping, I'm posting something about camping and we're out camping, we're doing this. And here's a great campground. If you guys ever thought about going, you know, kind of given, hey, on Sundays, we try to go out to some park and do some kind of family related activity where we're doing the trails and stuff. Hey, if you, you know, thinking about going for a socially distant, you know, family time, which everybody's looking for to get out of the house, this is a great park. You know, the trails are wide enough where you can keep your distance. If you see somebody else, here's here's the, the trails that we walked on. Here's some of the pictures and the videos that we took, right? So just sharing my journey with people and making them a part of my life. I feel like that's the power of social media because when I meet people, they go, oh, my gosh, how are the kids? I'm like, how you know I got kids? You know, it's weird. It's so it's like very strange yeah. because they, they know your life, but it's also it, it's a great thing because people connected me for different reasons. There's people when they introduce me, you know, when I'm speaking, they're like, Oh, and J man, he's an obstacle course racer and does these crazy Spartan races and tough mutters. And I'm like, that's not even part of my bio. Like I, I do that because I enjoy it, but people, you know, people click with different things. And that's when, you know, when they follow you, 
anybody right becca you've done i think Becca's, yeah because i i saw you had the tough mutter headband on i was like i know that headband because it was turned so you couldn't see tough mutter but i knew it because it was orange so yeah we yeah. connected over that for sure you know and because it, it's like anything like that those shared experiences that's a bond right because if you've done it you're like oh that was hard right yeah where'd you do yours and we're immediately like are we becoming best friends right now? You know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's the way it is. Cause it's, we like people who are like us and unless we share us, we'll never know. Right. If we kept it on, uh, Becca, good to see you. Yeah, nice to, we're really nice doing business with you. If we kept it at that level, there's never that deeper connection, right? Even business related. You know, I'm saying that we connect with people that for all sorts of reasons. So sharing everything, that is you puts you in a vulnerable position. I agree with you, James, and I get it. You know, it depends on whether you're extrovert or introvert and it depends on what generation you were brought up on. You know, it, it, those are all generational and, and personality differences, which you can kind of, if you want to be in real estate, you kind of have to overcome a little bit because it is a people business. We do business with humans first. So let, let me, let me just explain to the audience some of what, you and Becca, what just happened there with the Tough Mudder thing? So I get questions from uh, the, the people here quite a bit. The Mario thing with cooking was, was one example. You know, what does cooking have to do with real estate? Why would I put this out? Well, that's got no relevance. It doesn't talk about who I am. That connection is enough. If you can, if you can share these moments in your life and make those connections many, many, many times, that's enough to get you in at least the, the universe, the ether of them thinking about who are they going to consider when they want to go buy or sell their property, right? Like-minded individuals want to be around like-minded individuals. We want to share common interests. We want to you know, share similar values. We want to be able to talk about similar things. So just that one little connection, she noticed the headband. That's the kind of stuff, people, that stays in our files somewhere in our brains as we're making these decisions. Like, you know what? I saw that guy, J-Man, he had the tough, you know, he's in yeah. real estate. Maybe I should give him a call. Like, those are the, the things what, what J-Man is trying to communicate here is it's so much less about I sold $100 million this year and I got this and all that stuff is important and all that stuff is relevant in establishing who and what you are because that will speak to, hey, I can negotiate. Hey, I can outmaneuver other agents. Hey, I can deliver value. But none of that matters if you're not getting in the door and if you're not making that initial connection. So I'm so methodical and pragmatic about things. Like I wanted to come out of here like, okay, we're going to post X amount of hours in this loop and X amount of hours. Can't do that, right? It's about moments. It's about your experiences. It's about things that you want to share with people. And that's how you start to make those connections. See, I'm still learning, J-Man. You're continuing to still empower me and teach me. And for that, I am super, super thankful. Um, okay, so... We've got a couple of points we've touch, touched on for the audience to help them start thinking about how they can make this leap and, and get involved in social media. I did want to talk a little bit about COVID and how much of an impact are you seeing? Do you think that, that what are some of the changes you've seen uh, with the digital space and real estate? Do you think these changes are here to stay? And what does tomorrow look like? So let's start with, 
um, how has your your daily routine, right? What has the impact been uh, on the real estate side, at least, with with the COVID uh, pandemic and all of these things that have happened? How has your life changed on a daily basis? Well, you know, I, I think change happens sometimes because it has to, right? You know, when, when we went into quarantine, and I think New York State, not, you know, I'm thankful, but I mean, I have to be thankful, right, that I can wake up and do real estate every day, but we went non-essential right in the beginning, and it was like nothing. You guys can do nothing unless you can do it virtually. And I'm like, I've been training for this my whole life, baby. Let's go, you know? But then it, you have to kind of rethink everything. And you also have to rethink, like, you know, those agents that say, well, no, I have to be there. Well, do you? Because now we're figuring out that you don't have to be there for X, Y, and Z. And so for me, like, initially, a great example, I get a referral from a, a – a past client, I sold her home, man, it's, I want to say it was almost eight years ago, sends me a Facebook message, okay, tying that in. It says to me, hey, hey, Jay, I don't know if you're taking on new clients, but I have this guy that's looking to buy a home. I gave him your number. Here's his number. Could you give him a call? Facebook message. I immediately reply within five minutes. Even though I was on a Zoom like this, I was like, yes, I will. Boom. I'm right back over here. And then I, I called the guy. And I said, hey, you know, normally I would say CITO. That's how I was trained. Come into the office. Yep. We can't. Our office is closed. And so I said, hey, is it okay if our initial meeting, if we, we can do it over Zoom? I have tomorrow morning available or I have tomorrow afternoon if that's better for you. Right? Oh, tomorrow morning works. Is 1030 good or is 1130 better for you? 1030 mm -hmm. works. Okay, great. I'll send you the Zoom link. This was last night. I sent him the Zoom link this morning. I'm up early. I think I sent it to him probably 6.30, 6.45 this morning. So he knows, like, I'm up early, I'm on top of my game, and I'm tech-savvy, right? And so now everything that I would do in a buyer presentation typically at the office, I can do virtually, and I do virtually. And almost better because there's times in the office I go, oh, let's check out this website. Well, if I'm on Zoom, I can go, oh, let me just share my screen. Oh, here's this brochure from the, the company that's offering that grant program. And all of that, you know, all of that's done virtually, and then, when we're doing showings, we try to initially do virtual showings, you know, and, and not all not all listings are 100 percent in person or can be, you know, and, but I, I make it, it it is a benefit to the client. Look, yeah. you can stay home with your family and we can figure out the properties that aren't a good fit for you. And if you're Absolutely. like, man, I'm not I'm not sure. OK, let's go out and take a look. But first, I'm going to need to sign this nice art COVID disclosure. I need to sign this questionnaire, my fair housing disclosure. Right. I'm hitting them with all the disclosures we have in New York State. But again, I can do that all virtually. So I'm not showing up with this pile of paperwork saying before you see this property, you're not even signing a contract. I need you to sign 14 pages worth of disclosures. Yep. And then they're like, hold up. I wanted to buy a house, but this is getting scary already. And so I, th I think that's changed dramatically. And then even on the, on the listing side, when somebody calls and says, hey, we want to sell our home, okay, let's hop on a Zoom. Okay, why don't you walk me around the house? What kind of improvements have you done? And then, and then I can share with them the Matterport tours that we do or the 360 tours that we do. I can share with them via Zoom, all of yeah. that. You know, before I'd have to go, let's hop on my computer. I'm already on the computer. So all of this is, is done it's, it's such a higher level. It's better for the client. And then, so this this last listing that I went on virtually, I just said, okay, we're coming on August 5th, 6th, whatever Thursday is, the 6th, to take pictures. 
you know, because the photographer, we hire a professional photographer, that's when he's available. Like that's the, like the secondary close. And that's when I'm going to see that property for the first time. Like I right. saw it virtually, but I'm like, okay, here's some things that, you know, we, and we have things that we send them. Here's some things to get ready to get the house ready for photos. If you have any questions, we can hop on a video chat. Show me what you're thinking. If you want me to paint this, move that, declutter this, I can do it all virtually. You're my eyes and ears. Let's do it. And it's such, you know, your efficiency level goes through the roof. Yeah. Right. So, Especially if you're like in a Staten Island or somewhere that you're going to hit traffic to go across town and do it. Yes. So, so efficient. Yeah, so we we've taken, as you know, a lot of pride in our digital assets, um, and we're finding that the first, if you do it right, the first showing isn't a first showing anymore. The first physical showing is a reshow, because they've gone through that Matterport tour. They've, I mean, you are immersed in those those tours. We have the goggles. Sometimes we even send that people can put their phones in, and they're actually yeah. like in the house and your first showing is now a reshow. Like you vetted if people are coming out and you're engaging that first time on a zoom, so important, try and do a zoom on the first point of contact, not a phone call, You get that personal connection or you don't. And they start thumbing through these listings that you're sending. And it's not the stagnant kind of picture tour. It's these fully immersive Matterport tours. That is a reshow folks. People are now that they're like, yes, I want to see that house. They've seen the house. Right. right. This is now a second showing close rates start to go up. You never even left your desk or your bedroom for that matter. You're right? still in your pajamas. Yeah. You're still in the jam jams. <laughs> Just to kind of piggyback on that. It's like we try to go virtual first with our listings. Anyways, we'll go virtual first and, and we say we're only allowing virtual showings on the first day. And then the second day we will do a, a group zoom so I can do it live and walk you through the home. So I go to the house and you can say, stop right there. What's that floor made of? What? And you can ask me questions. Um, I have found actually, if I do it via webinar so that I don't have agents asking me silly questions, sometimes they can do it in the chat and they're not interrupting my flow, like my walkthrough yeah. of, of the property. Um, and then on the third day we're doing in-person showings. And what I tell the seller, it's very different. Normally, years pass, I want to get you to the house. You get to the house right. and sometimes you go, wow, these rooms look way bigger online. I'm like, well, that was my job to get you to the house. And now it's different. We're trying to filter through, hey, let's eliminate the people that didn't want to look at it because it was on, you didn't know Richmond was a, was a busy street. Right. Right, you know, like, right. like you're eliminating all those people that would, and now, like you said, those first showings, what we would call a second showing in our market, um, they've already seen it. They've already had questions answered. They've probably already done a drive-by on the property, all those things. So they're, they are more serious buyers. So it's not about quantity of showings. It's about quality. You know, the people that are coming in are interested. They, you know, get rid of the ones who are, are not going to like it for whatever reason. But I think all of our markets are short on inventory. So people, people are, are hungry. Yeah. So that I, I love that idea. The yeah. digital showing first, you know, almost yeah. like, you know, no, no offers without prequal, you know, no showings unless you've gone through and, and seen the digital assets first. It saves our time. It saves the homeowner's time. And now yeah. we're bringing in Fantastic. people that are interested, right? They, they've, yeah. they've made an investment of their time. They've seen it. They've done their homework. 
Uh, I like that a lot, J-Man. So I know you've got a, a 10.30 coming up. So um, yep. as long as I'm done by 10.25, so it's on the, Zoom. I don't have to travel anywhere. That's yeah, right? That's true. It's, again, another one of the advantages of, of way, the way we're doing business today. So this is all here to stay, right? As COVID kind of weans, uh, yeah. this is it. I'd, I think this is here to stay, but I think, you know, as inventory, when I did my statistics yesterday in my market, houses or houses for sale was down 34.6% in my market, 34.6%. Houses for sale? Houses for sale, also known, yeah, as long, also known as inventory, but I like to say houses, houses for sale because inventory is like a term that retail people use that you're putting stuff on the shelves. And, you know, the layman doesn't understand. I say houses for sale. They go, oh, okay. But it's down 34.6%. I think part of that is seller confidence is down, right? Can I put my house on the market and be safe? Yeah. If you can, that's, I think that's the number one objection right now. If you're listening to this, if you can create content and have conversations to help the potential sellers overcome that, yes, we have a system in place. We have a safer selling system that will help you to sell your home virtually if you choose to, because that's still your right. You could still say, I want nobody in the house. You could still do that. If that's what's keeping it, fine, let's put the house on the market and that's how we'll do it. Or maybe not even allow somebody through until you have an accepted offer, right? Some people are doing that. So I, I can guarantee you that the systems that we have in place and the technology that we're using and you guys are using, right? This is the conversation you need to have is that we can sell your home safely. Now I have houses I list when we do in-person showings, it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they leave for the whole weekend. Right. They come back, hey, go, go upstate. For you guys, you know, upstate could be, for me, upstate is Canada. Um, <laughs> but, you know, just, just go away for the weekend. We're going to have 30, 40 showings and hopefully have an offer by the time you get back. And that's the best way to keep you safe because there's no way that anybody can guarantee that I'm going to come in and sanitize between every showing, every single surface that they touched. It's impossible. Yep. Right? I mean, impossible. So I just, I would just tell them like, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is the best way to do it. Uh, we, um, the last part is we try to do touchless showings. We call them where we, you know, we have like a sign on the door. Um, please make this as touchless of a showing as possible. We've opened the doors. We've turned on the lights. The closets are open. Um, if anybody needs to touch something, have your agent do it, and he's going to sanitize before and after he does it as well. Right. So then it's like we have a system. This right. is what everybody should follow. Here are clear guidelines because I think. If you don't give them guidelines, go, go, go do, uh, you know, do your best, follow the guidelines. Let's be honest. Most of those agents haven't read all of the guidelines and as they're updated. Right. And so yep. it's our responsibility to communicate to the sellers to say, Hey, look at, we're on top of our game and we're going to share our knowledge with our, with our co-brokes or our, our co-op agents that are showing the property in the case that they haven't, they're all great agents, but not everybody can be up to date, you know, with everything all the time. We're going to help them with that. So now more than ever, it is so important to have a professional. I mean, the, the, it's, it's, a, it's maddening for us how often we see people just using a realtor because they know someone in the family or they know a friend. Right. Who's, it, it is a friend. Yeah. so important yeah. now to have a professional. Um, the, the, the rules are changing. There are, like, like J-Man said, there's a way to do this very efficiently 
in a very safe manner uh, and still drive top dollar and 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 be more respectful of your seller's times um so so important so your your inventory is down uh, what about your time on market time on market is down days on market is down yeah uh, we're in the sig single digits and you know looking at the statistics it was six days it's our average six and I days six yeah so we track hours on market now home no <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. It's like, man, it's been on the market for a whole day and we haven't sold yet. What's going on here? We need to talk about uh, improving the price. I don't know what's, you know, and so <laughs> it's, I think it's that big of a number, six days, because we do what are called delayed negotiations in our market. Meaning if, if I list it today on a Tuesday, we could have delayed negotiations till Friday. It's a, it's a form that you sign um, that basically says if you write an offer on the first hour, it doesn't matter. It's not going to be negotiated on until that date and time, so that everybody has a fair, ch you know, fair opportunity to see the property, get their clients through, and then write an offer. Interesting. So yeah, that's very interesting. So that's through your your MLS. You, you these forms are are sanctioned. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, and I'd be happy to share it with you guys, and you guys can vet it through whatever attorneys, because it's it's. It's fair, right? You want to be fair and reasonable. That yeah. I always use those those terms in real estate so that I give you enough time and anybody else who might be interested to look at the property. So I'm not, you know, James comes in, shows my listing, writes an offer in the first five minutes, and then I get an offer for 10 grand more tomorrow. Now James and I have to have a conversation. And, and rather than just, hey, everybody saw it, highest and best, let's call it a day. That's you great. Know, I, I think it's the fairest way in a, in a crazy market like that for, because in the end, we want our clients to be happy, right? We want the buyers to feel like they had the best opportunity to buy the home. And we want the sellers to feel like they, you know, what matters to them most uh, was satisfied because it's not always price. So who's, who's buying by you now? Who's buying? Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, our, our first time home buyer market is strong. Uh, Rochester was actually voted one of the number one markets to recover post pandemic or be the least affected because uh, our market's driven, our employers are the education, eds and meds, hospitals and educational institutions, and then manufacturing, all of which all of these industries weren't really that affected uh, by COVID. We don't have a resort. It's not a resort community. People aren't coming here on vacation. You know, like the, those kinds of areas were affected most, I feel like. Um, and all those restaurants and ancillary businesses. But for us, most of us stayed open. Um, you know, and, and I think the, the biggest challenge right now is, like I said, seller confidence, but also keeping the buyers motivated because at a certain point, you can only fall in love. <laughs> right? said that at the beginning. It's like, I can only love six or seven, eight times before I'm like, yo, man, I'm heartbroken. I need to take a break. I am not looking at anything for a little while. And so I think, you know, either getting creative with your clients and saying, look, at, hey, you have this grant program. How can we get rid of it? Can you get money from a relative? Can you, you know, I, I had one client after six missed opportunities. Uh, they went to a friend of theirs who was financially able to give them the cash to purchase a home. Wow. Okay. And it's all in writing. There's a promissory note in that. But he got, you know, 320 grand to buy this home, which then he's going to cash any the person knows that they're financially and credit worthy of the loan, right? Um, and then they're going to immediately close and then cash out refi. 
yeah and pay them back and so had they had I, we not had that conversation and said man what can we do how can we sharpen our pencil who do we know who do you know can your parents you know talking about first-time home buyers your parents might give you the money to get you out of the basement right i mean yeah we're, we're seeing that too the parents are like okay we're paying cash whatever they got to do let's let's get them out of here <laughs> i don't care about the if they want to pay me back fine but I, it's worth it quality of life <laughs> are you seeing exactly. are you seeing relos people that are leaving the city uh, we we had that for a while we call it the brain drain you know we we have a lot of really there's a Rochester Institute of Technology is a great school, um, University of Rochester. And we had a lot of people relocating, especially, you know, the younger millennials to find high tech jobs uh, in the Charlottes, in the Austins, in those places. Uh, we're, we're not seeing it as much uh, anymore. It's, it's pretty balanced. Our, our population remains stable. Uh, and, and we do have a lot of tech related industries. We're one of the leaders in photonics, laser related stuff because of Kodak that all ties right back into Kodak because what George Eastman the founder of Kodak did a hundred years ago was so light years above what anybody was doing I mean he created this whole industrial park with its own oil refinery water water supply its own power grid all of the I mean we're talking 1920 right okay people are worrying about getting liquor you know during prohibition and this dude is building this huge industrial park like unbelievable so Talk about forward thinking. So where, yet I have to I have to say though, I, I, unless I missed what you said earlier, yet they missed that one of the people that worked at Kodak actually invented the digital, the digital camera. Well, and it's it's, if you've ever read that book, Who Moved My Cheese? It's an easy read, short book. It's probably I don't know, 15, 20 years old at this point, but it talks about people who who get into their this is my cheese right and so let's say kodak the film was their cheese the whole book is about mice and they're like no this is my cheese it'll always be here and one of the mice is like no this cheese is dwindling down we need to go find some more but the fear of failure the fear of looking for new cheese kept the other mice there going no no it's going to be here and then those mice starved because then there was no more cheese and it's that's kind of like the kodak is the example no film will always be here people will always use film Photos are way better because when digital, when the digital cameras first came out, the photos weren't that great, right? And they did have an argument there, but they still held on to that freaking cheese, right? Yeah. But but all of the infrastructure was built a hundred years ago, and so all, that that's helped us to attract all these high tech companies and now uh, them to have the ability to create Kodak Pharmaceuticals had to do with one person who was forward thinking yep. who said you know what, we don't need this right now. We're not that big, but we will in the future because we will be, right? I mean, that's, when you talk about forward thinking, everything yep. I do, like when I first started speaking, I'm like, I'm getting a website. I'm getting, well, you don't have anybody to speak to yet. I will, I'm going to, right? And, and so it's like that kind of forward thinking is the way when you want to talk about social media, you want to talk about video, you want to talk about any of that stuff. It's like, it will work. Position yourself for success. Don't wait to be successful, to do the things you need to do. Sometimes it's do the things you need to do first and then the success comes because you have everything in place. With, without a doubt. Um, if there's any takeaways here, I think that, that what you're talking about right there is, is so relevant. The, the changes that we've seen in real estate, while they've been profound, this is the tip of the iceberg. I think that there is, if there ever was a market 
that kind of was a little clunky, a little frumpy, a little tech resistant, right? Good Lord, this is this is it. <laughs> Real estate is it. Uh, so, um, but there's so sure. many cool, exciting things that it seems like PD, you know, once every couple of days, is like, oh, I got something new. Come, come see me. You know, it, and, and it's right. it's really neat. Um, it's really exciting. You have played a huge role um, in in our short time that we worked together. It really did give me a lot of perspective, Becca a lot of perspective, uh, and the team empowered the team. It gave them the confidence, and I'm still feeding off that confidence. Every time I speak yeah. to you, I take a little bit more uh, of the J-Man confidence, and I put it in my pocket. So uh, thank you very much. How do people find you? What's the best way to find J-Man? Uh, just Google J-Man. No. <laughs> J-Man J Seminars is my website, but uh, J-Man Social Media is my link tree. You can go to J-Man Social Media, and it has links to all of my social media. So follow, engage. Look at if you message me, you DM me, I can promise you 100% of the time I reply. I'm not going to charge you for my services. You know, I'm in, I'm in this to help people. So please reach out with anything that you're struggling with because I promise I have struggled with it first, and I can I can tell you a way to overcome it. Uh, we really appreciate your time today, uh, the great and all-powerful J-Man. Thank you yes. so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, stay safe. You too. Take Bye. care.